from Studio Day J&J, it's the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And now, here's your host of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast, Jeff Minalia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Manalia, and as you just heard, we have an intro now. And if you only knew how many tapes that took before I decided to just go with that one, um, it was... Uh, it was a lot of fun, actually, doing that. And basically, the thought process behind that was WrestleMania 6 was my first WrestleMania. And I really liked that song they used um, back in the day. You know, it, did, it just got that nostalgic, old school, you know, you know, getting pumped up feel to it. So I figured what better way to start a show than with that song. And later, at the end of the pod... You will hear my outro. I have an outro now. Um, let's just say fans of the Attitude Era should like that one. But more on that a little later. So right now, we are on episode two, the official episode two. Episode one, a.k.a. the pilot, was like the general knowledge of the pod and whatnot, what's the come of it and stuff. Episode two is more, somewhat more formatted. Um, until I change the format again, next episode. No, uh, we'll talk about the next episode uh, also later. But um, but this week we have a lot to talk about. But let's start off with how and where. You can uh, find us and listen to us. So, you can follow the pod. You can follow us on Twitter, at HappyFanPod. Or you can follow us on Facebook, at Facebook.com slash The Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And you can listen and subscribe to us on the following platforms, which all can be found through the Anchor app, which is what I use to record the set pod. So, that being said, you can find us on Anchor, Breaker, Doodle Podcasts, Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Like I said last week, we should have had new platforms this week, and we do. And I gotta remember to not say last week because this is a bi weekly pod. Last episode, I meant to say, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. Later on, we have our first guest joining us on the podcast. She is my lovely wife, Jasmine, and she is the Jill of all trades, if you will. She's got a lot going on. We're going to find out some of those things going on 
um, that she's got going on uh, as it pertains to wrestling and WrestleMania um, a little bit later. But right now, let's get into some follow-ups, news, and recaps. So, as I discussed earlier, there's a new intro and outro. And you might actually hear me a little bit better. And I might actually sound a little bit better, a little bit more professional. That's because I purchased a microphone, a USB microphone that I am using, the Toner TC30 USB condenser microphone. So far, so good. Um, did a little test run beforehand and was wondering why I was sounding like Matt Tedrum from those old 80s Pepsi commercials. Um, turns out that if you have your mobile phone or an iPad uh, near the mic, it will cause interference. So <laughs> my phone is all the way across the 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 room, and I just looked over at it, and I thinned out an invitation because it, it turned on. That's why I lost my train of thought there for a second. But, um, yes, so all my notes are in the handy-dandy notebook um, <laughs> instead of my phone. So we're going old school. But anyway, um, last episode aired the day before the Royal Rumble. And so it's been two weeks since the Rumble. And um, I thought I could talk about it in this episode, as well as some of my few other favorite Royal Rumbles, and uh, give you my thoughts on this year's. So first and foremost, I got to say this year's um, pretty solid card throughout, I thought. Uh, wasn't particularly a fan of um, the uh, Dolberg and Drew McIntyre match, but I was satisfied with the outcome. You know, it it, it it was it is what it is. You know, it's another just a typical Dolberg match, but um, happy that it tipped off the show and it got out of the way, you know, and then happy that Drew retained. Now, obviously, since it's been two weeks, um, full disclosure, I'm going to spoil some things, but if you haven't seen it by now, it's it's been two weeks. Come on, man. You, you, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, um, then you just... Forward, you know, fast forward passes. But uh, I will be talking about some stuff that happened during the week, and it may contain spoilers. So just a full disclosure. Um, if you're if you don't want to hear anything, then I will. Um, and of course, you can't know. Oh, uh, okay. 
Here's what I'll do. I will put the timestamp in the description of when I'm done talking about like spoilers and stuff like that and just getting straight into the news um, portion of the show. Um, but if you don't care either way, then just continue to listen. So anyway, so yeah, McIntyre beat Goldberg. That was, you know, decent, decent, typical Goldberg match. Um, got a little bit nervous. I'm not gonna lie, but um, when Drew came out in the end, I was like, oh, thank God. But anyway, um, I forgot what the next match was. Probably should have wrote that down. <laughs> no, there was. Oh, you know what it was? It was a women's title match. Uh, Carmella and Sasha Banks. That was an okay match. Um, I'm I'm happy that uh, Sasha retained. And also, hopefully, if all if down the line, depending on who the the women's Royal Rumble winner pitches, I honestly, hopefully, um, it's going to be Sasha because on paper that looks that sounds like a great match and to me that in reality that sounds like a you know fantastic match so um speaking of the women's rumble i believe that was next if i'm not mistaken i loved this women's uh royal rumble i loved the surprises i loved the winner i loved just the certain spots in it. Um, some of the surprises included uh, Vittoria. You had Toy Wilson. You had the only problem is with Vittoria, I wish she used her all the things she said theme, but of course that's copyrighted with tattoos, so she didn't, but that's okay. Um, you had Tori Wilson, you had Mitty James come back again, Alicia Fox. Um, and then ultimately in the end, and you even had some NXT uh, women again. You had Shotzi, uh, Rhea Ripley. And in the end, it was down to uh, Ripley and Bianca Belair. And I'll tell you what, Bianca... Um, making history again. She made history last year, tying the most eliminations in a women's rumble um, with Shayna Baszler. And then this year, being in it again and actually winning the thing, coming out on top. So that's what I was referring to earlier. Um, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks sounds like... So it sounds better... Um, to me, than Asta versus Belair, and it would make more sense if it was Banks versus Belair. Um, to be honest with you, um, I I don't see. Unfortunately, I see Asta losing the title. Um, 
and somehow the VAR women's title ended up being maybe Lacey Evans versus uh, Charlotte Flair. But that's just, you know, my opinion. So, uh, and then, okay. Then we had a pretty good last man standing match up until <laughs> up until the end now i know this has gotten a lot of you know negativity because of how it ended but just hear me out cuz i'm not going to add on to the negativity but what they should have did was simply why couldn't they have just brought out a new referee when Paul Heyman finally uncuffed Roman? See, what has happened was there was a spot where the ref was counting while Roman was handcuffed to this uh, structure. And um, I believe it was a light structure. And so he almost got to the 10 count and then Roman grabs the ref and pulls him into the structure and he knocks him out. So the ref's out. And he got handcuffed there by Kevin, obviously. But prior to this, they beat the hell out of each other. I mean, Roman threw Kevin higher off than he did on SmackDown. He threw him off. Uh, the Thunderdome uh, crowd platform thing, whatever you want to call it. And he, I mean, Kevin got ran over by a freaking golf cart, like GTA style. It was just, it was crazy. And then uh, the, like the plexiglass from it, I whacked uh, Roman in the face. It was pretty funny. And then he, uh, the, the, the spot with Kevin Owens and the forklift and he did the uh, swanton off the forklift onto Roman. I mean, it was just, it was just an incredible, you know, brutal last man standing match. And then that spot kind of weakened it a little bit. But um, as I was saying, so with the ref knocked out, here comes Paul Heyman trying to unlock uh Roman with the with the T's. Meanwhile, another ref came out and started to count. And like midway through, all of a sudden, he just like stopped. And it's like he's still on. He's Roman still on the ground. He had one foot up, technically, but you have you know it was just it didn't play out good. So my suggestion is, why shouldn't they have just brought that ref out as soon as Paul got Roman uh, released from the handcuffs? Now, granted, they probably didn't expect Paul to take so long and try and uncuff him, but... (laughs) You know, it, it was what it was. And then all of a sudden, he, you know, well, uh, just the ending was kind of uh, with Kevin walking into uh, 
Roman and uh, ultimately knocking him out, told and uh, winning the last man standing match and retaining the uh, universal title. So here's the thing with that also. Um, I'm a huge fan of heel Roman, by the way. I love Roman's new uh, attitude. I love that he's with Paul Heyman. You know, I love the whole tribal chief thing. It's really awesome. Um, so now I'm wondering what uh, what's next for Kevin Owens, though. Um, more on that in a bit. So then it was the Raw Royal Rumble, Raw Royal Rumble, the Men's Royal Rumble, and um, Edge, who came out, I believe, he was number one, right? Pretty sure he was number one. Oh, yeah, so Edge was number one, and Orton was number two. And um, Edge ended up winning the thing, thus making him the third man in history to win the Royal Rumble from the number one spot. As um, Shawn Michaels and uh, that other guy <laughs> uh, have won it in the past. So... Uh, good, another good, uh, solid rumble match. And there's a couple of good surprises throughout, especially, I especially liked when, uh, Christian came out and, uh, surprised Edge. That was a good moment with, uh, Edge had no idea and they embraced and everything. It was just awesome. And then Christian lasted almost till the end too. I thought, I thought for sure. It would have been cool if he was like the final two and it was he would have just like walked out to let Edge win or something. But um or they would have just fought to see who the better guy, you know. I don't know. It would have been cool. But um oh, what about Toledo though? Toledo looked phenomenal. He was in great shape. I mean, my God, he you know, that was a surprise. And it was also due to see because apparently he was supposed to be on that Legends Night and he didn't show. So maybe they were just saving him for the Rumble. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, that was the the Rumble. Uh, thoughts on the winners? Like I said, I'm happy for Bianca Belair. I think uh, I see her going on to WrestleMania to uh, win the title. And... Um, as far as Edge, so let, let let me put it this way: if if Edge didn't win, I wanted Daniel Bryan to win, obviously, because that was what the, you know the rumors were that he was gonna take the win. So why they changed it to Edge, I don't know, but am I happy with it? Yes. Why? Because I mean, the man was out. For how many years before he returned last year's Rumble? Then he injured himself again, and you know that took him out for the whole rest of 2020. So now he's back, and 
you know, he's already mentioned that he's here for the long run. He's not going to be a part-timer. He's not here to be a part-timer. He's not, he, he wants to go. So if he wants to go, let the man go and see what he can do. And the reason I may mention this earlier, I think he should fight uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think he should choose. A, I know he's teased so far. You know he's either he's done the pit uh, face Drew, either Drew, uh, Finn Balor, which I get why because last year Charlotte won and she challenged Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. But um, or Roman Reigns. So here's a couple of reasons why I want to see Roman versus Edge. One, you got Spear versus Spear, basically. That's that's the selling point. Two, Edge has never held the Universal Championship. That's that's the main thing here. He's he's been WWE champion, but he's never held excuse me, the universal title. So should be an interesting, plus I think it's a better setup for, but so that, that then where does that leave Kevin Owens though in the match? Cause I also wanted to see him, you know, in, in, the, so maybe they, maybe they made it the triple threat. Who knows? Um, but, uh, Kevin, hopefully, will get a shot eventually. Um, it it uh, we will we shall see. So then the following law happens, and full disclosure, um, this was two weeks ago, and I can't re- really remember, and I don't have anything in my notes of what has happened. I, I remember the match between. Orton and Edge again was just half hour of just them beating the hell out of each other. And then in the end, um, Alexa comes out tossing Orton the match. But uh, that was a great match. And then, oh, yeah, you had. Seamus turn on Drew and uh, they were supposed to set up a one-on-one match between the two of them but then now it's an elimination chamber Drew's died defended against five other guys and all of a sudden uh, instead of just Seamus so that was you know Okay, so if they set up that, what are they doing to set up for the SmackDown side, you know? Speaking of SmackDown, um, last week's SmackDown featured a, I wish it was longer, a great match between uh, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. I wish that, I understood that, I wish that match was longer. Just, they, that was... You know, classic, you know, Matt wrestling, whatever it, the, the guys know how to wrestle, basically. I just see them, I mean, and I, I don't know how 
Cesaro got busted. I I tried. I watched it again on Hulu today. I don't know how Cesaro got busted open in that match. I I don't know what was that spot. How he got you know hurt during that match. Um, might have been a mystery on by Brian, but uh, in the end, Cesaro won that match, and it was just phenomenal. Um, another great match was. On SmackDown was the Intercontinental Title match uh, between Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, and Biggie. And I gotta say, I'm really loving Biggie's title run. Um, I'm happy that he's getting his run; he deserves it. And he's actually making the Intercontinental Title seem like mean something. Um, Sammy kind of did too. I mean, he he he. Well. He did in his own way. I mean, he, don't get me wrong. Sammy's a great, uh, Sammy's a great wrestler as well. But, um, but I really liked what Biddy's going with this. Um, so I can't wait to see how that plays out uh, on the road to Mania as well. So, oh, and another thing that happened on this past week, uh, another good match was. You had uh, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton again, but in the end, uh, Sheamus came out and interfered in that match at the end. But prior to that, you had Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle, or Riddle as I call him now, but which is just dumb. But <laughs> the man's name is Matt Riddle. Anyway, um, that was a another uh, mat, great match between two. I, I really like that they're both in the U.S. title picture now um, instead of just one and the other. I I predict that that elimination chamber, there elimination chamber, that there will be a new champion. I just don't know if it's going to be Riddle or Keith Lee, but either way, I would be happy with either one of them because the athleticism and the strength and just the just I mean the man Keith Lee did a Spanish fly last month against Drew McIntyre, a freaking Spanish fly, and if you don't know what that is, it's like a top rope uh, moon salt. Thing, but he's got the guy. It, he's got the guy. It's like a slam. It's like a top rope flip slam thing. I can't describe it, but it's it's phenomenal move that big men normally don't do. And Keith Lee did it, and it was just incredible. But uh, so yeah, with his uh, size and strength, and then you got Matt Riddle, who's you know got that um, that fighting background the ultimate fighting background and just MMA style. I mean, you just combine that with, you know, guy like Bobby Lashley, who's just pure muscle and just, that's going to be a barn to burn of a sure. So more on that, uh, in the next episode, because I believe the next episode will air on the 26th. And I'm going to be in Vegas at that point, but, um, 
it'll be the week after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So we will have a recap on that in the next episode. So that's pretty much the WWE side, except for the fact that I remember now that I was supposed to give you my Royal Rumble memories. You know what? We'll do that in the interview um, with Jasmine. So anyway, right now let's move our focus from WWE for a bit to AEW. So AEW had Beach Break um, two weeks ago where you had a phenomenal six-man tag match between Moxley, Pot, and uh, Ray Phoenix against the Dirt Brothers and Kenny Omega. Great six-man uh, tag match there. Huge surprise at the end. Huge surprise. Kenta appearing in AW ring. Kenta, as you know, is from New Japan Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, for him to make it in the AW ring, what does this mean for the future? You already got AW partnering up with uh, Impact. Does this mean that there is somewhat of a partnership possibility between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Can you imagine some of the matches? I mean, granted, Moxley's a US, the IWGP US uh, heavyweight champion. That's why they're setting this up um, for when he faces them on the 26th in the New Japan uh, Strand, I believe, on uh, the New Japan World app. But... Did I say this when he said uh, anyway? But um just can you imagine some of the fantasy booking you can get out of this if more New Japan guys face AW guys? Uh just a fantasy book here. We could have Darby Allen versus Sonata. We could have Eddie Kingston versus Tanahashi. Why Eddie Kingston? Because I listened to uh, Renee Session, Renee Paquette's All Sessions uh, episode uh, with him on it, and he had mentioned that his dream opponent is Tanahashi, and I really want to see that match happen. So <laughs> you'll you can have uh, Okada versus. Oh wait, oh even better, Minoru Suzuki. Versus Brian Cage or Lance Archer or Wardlow or some big guy. Just, oh my God, that will be incredible. And then, of course, the ultimate dream. <laughs> the double champion himself, Tony Ibushi. Will he face or reunite with Tenny Omega once again? I don't know. But if that happens, my wife and I are simply going to die. We're, we're just going to die. Rest in peace. Because <laughs> um, our minds are going to explode. Um, if that does, if if he ever shows up 
in an AEW and uh, Tony Ibushi, that is. Because, yeah. <laughs> so, only time will tell. Um, but just what 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 are some of the uh, fantasy? What are some other fantasy bookings that you guys can come up with? Let me know on uh, either Twitter or Facebook at Happy Fan Pod on Twitter, and then the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. Speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, this is huge for them. As of February 11th, they had just uh, made it official. They are now streaming on the Roku channel uh, app. The app. You don't need a Roku to get the app. You can get the app on your uh, phone. You don't need a a Roku stick to watch it, but they are officially on the Roku channel and they, I, th- I guess what I thought it was going to be was um, like a new, like a weekly show. But I guess what it is, is like it was when they were on Access TV and they were just doing like on demand stuff to Roku basically. But it's free, so that's a plus. Um, they aired all the matches from Wrestle Kingdom 14 uh, yesterday. Well, full disclosures is Friday when I'm recording this. So it was yesterday, uh, the 11th. And um, that was last year's Wrestle Kingdom. And should be interesting to see what they add uh, in the coming weeks. So I'm excited about that as well. And uh, they just had their New Japan, uh, you know, New Beginnings tour that they've been doing. And they had a great match between Sonata and Ibushi for the double titles. Ibushi retained. You had... Uh, Hiromu versus Show for the light uh, the, for the junior heavyweight uh, championship. Hiromu retained, so it was a lot of uh, a lot of great matches uh, happening in the NJPW uh, New Beginning Tour this year, and looking forward to. Uh, that match, that Matchley versus Kenta matchup, which, by the way, this past Wednesday's uh, Dynamite that had Kenta team up with Kenny Omega to face Archer and Matchley in a Falls Town Anywhere match. That match was crazy as well. Oh my God, that was they went uh, all over the place. Not all over to just the last Falls Town Anywhere match. They had they went in the back and stuff. They didn't really go in the back in this match. It was more around the ringside area, which was fine. But I like it when Falls Town Anywhere matches don't actually like anywhere, you know, like you know, anywhere in the build. They, I, I, I don't, I don't know. To me, I don't like it when they stay around ringside. Like that's not really anywhere. That's <laughs> I'll never forget what was it? The one uh, long time ago was uh, at the Bash pay per view. 
it was the the three stages of hell between Triple H and Randy Orton, and one of the matches was false turn anywhere. And I'm like, all right, this is gonna be good, you know. I remember, and all of a sudden, I did what? It was sledgehammer to the head outside the ring, one, two, three, or something like that, and it was over. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but that's that's my thing. I I I I like more of when it's um when those types of matches, like I said, go all over the arena rather than just stick to the ringside area. I mean, especially since they didn't have fans there that that night, so they could have gone all over. I don't know. Just my thoughts. So, um, also in a few weeks, you got Revolution coming up, and that's shaping up to be a good pay per view. Um, which is weird because it's on Sunday. This is the first Sunday pay-per-view from AEW. So why the date change? I'm not sure. But um should be good. And the one thing that I'm looking forward to in that that's been announced so far is Stain versus no Stain and Aubrey Allen versus uh Team Taz. Now this is how you book a legend. You team him up with a younger talent and treat him as like he's mentoring him or he's, you know, in his corner. And this is the perfect pairing because he's with Darby Allen and he's the TNT champion. And, you know, he's not fighting. Steen's not fighting for a title. Seems not fighting one-on-one. He's not, you know, he's, 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 and he's not even wrestling per se. This is going to be a street fight. So I'm sure he knows his limitations. Whatever he can get get away with in this match, he's going to get away with. But it's like, you don't really need to wrestle in a street fight, you know? So this is how you should, you know, book a legend if you don't have legends on your show. (laughs) Just saying. But um, but anyway, so that match should be good. Let's see here. Anything else before we get into our next segment? Um, that's about all, except for the fact that I believe I need to take better notes. <laughs> so uh, next episode, we'll uh, we'll make up for it. But anyway, let's go on to our next segment, which is Over the Top. Over the Top is the segment where we, I, rather, excuse me, uh, look to you, the listeners, and uh, you give me a category and a number, and I give you my top, whatever you choose, however many you choose, and uh, list them off, you know, accordingly. Um, full disclosure, <laughs> I made the post less than 24 hours before I was recording. I know now that was the Vaughn time to post. <laughs> um, didn't get too many responses. But the response is I did get um, 
I liked. And I chose this week. Um, I chose Joey Hudson, and he gave me now he gave me two uh, to choose from, which is, you know, one was what one would have been suffice, but he gave me two, which actually thanks because that gives me more options to to, to choose from in uh, future episodes, but um, but no, he gave me two options, one was top five uh, WrestleManias, and the other was top five most iconic uh, T-shirts. I'm going to go with the WrestleManias because T-shirts, there's a lot of, there's too many iconic now, it was, if it was my top five personal favorite T-shirts, then it would be different. But it's 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 not. He he wants me to answer like the top five. What I think is the top five iconic, and I really have to think about this more. Whereas the top five WrestleManias, I kind of have an already idea of my top five list, um, without a doubt already. So here we go. Top five WrestleManias. Thank you, by the way, Joey Hudson for uh, your suggestion. I appreciate it. Again, new podcaster, don't have anything to give away just yet, but once I get a bit of more of a following um, and you, you're more than welcome to ask as many questions or as many, give me as many categories as you want, um, I will have... Uh, something to give away, but right now, just uh, just like I said, the cheap pop that I chose your question <laughs> and, the, and the and the honor of having your question, uh, your suggestion answered. Uh, so top five WrestleManias. Okay, okay, so. I know my top three. Now, four and five is the issue. Um, because I, there's a lot of good ones and uh, recent good ones, but hard to rank fourth and fifth. Um, my top three, I know. I've, I've always known my top three. Um, those haven't changed yet. Um, just top, mm, top five. Okay. I'll say number five. WrestleMania 25. Why WrestleMania 25? For the, for the sole purpose of Undertaker with Shawn Michaels. If we're talking greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, that's 
definitely going to be high up on the list. But um, because that match was in it, I'm going to have to go with uh, WrestleMania 25 at number five. Um, number four. Whew. This is harder than I thought. Okay, WrestleMania 14 at number four. The iconic Stone Told versus uh, Shawn Michaels. The Stone Told era has begun. Stone Told, Stone Told, Stone Told. Um, You know, Tyson knocking out Shawn. Um, Don't get me wrong, Shawn's my... A lot of these have to deal with Shawn Michaels because... He's my favorite wrestler, but um, uh, I remember watching that at my uh, grandparents. Actually, I we were on vacation, and I we we uh, asked our grandma if she can order it for us at her house. <laughs> um, so I I mean I'm I have very fond memories. Of that uh, WrestleMania, and then it also featured the dumpster match with uh, the Outlaws and um, Cactus Jack and uh, Chainsaw, Chainsaw Charlie, aka Terry Funk. It had Owen versus uh, Triple H. It had. Uh, did it have? Was that Shamrock versus Rock? I think it was Shamrock versus the Rock for the IC title. So, yeah, fourteen was. A definite uh, favorite of mine. Now, my number three all-time favorite WrestleMania, without a doubt, WrestleMania 12, just two years prior <laughs> to WrestleMania 14. But um, once again, sole purpose, the Iron Man match. And the boyhood dream that came true for Shawn Michaels when he won the World Wrestling Federation title. Also, um, it was the return of the Ultimate Warrior. And um, my brother and I share, um, you know, a great a great memory of just my grandpa. Um, his favorites were Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. So when Ultimate Warrior made his return, we 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 let uh, our grandpa watch that match. <laughs> the entrance was longer than the match, but um, it was just, it was still it was just the hype, the return of the Warrior, and everything, and it was it was it was awesome. Um, and then of course you had the Batlot brawl with Piper and Goldust. You had Taker versus Diesel, and Diesel's. No, it wasn't Diesel's last um, pay-per-view for WWF. I think it was the... Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't because he challenged uh, Michaels in the following uh, month at... Uh, Wrestle, uh, excuse me, in your house. So it was his second to last pay-per-view 
for WWF before he uh, went to WCW. Um, so yeah, it was definitely uh, a memorable uh, pay per view and one of my favorites at number three. Number two, one might have thought that this would be number one, but I have a number one. Um, number two would is my first ever WrestleMania, WrestleMania six. Um, the Ultimate Challenge, Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, title for title. It's the ultimate challenge. It's WrestleMania. <laughs> Sorry, I was quoting the intro. Um, yeah. So I wore that tape out, like I said, um, back in the day. Saw this match countless times. It was Warriors' time to shine. Hulk Hogan was out of the spotlight a little bit, somewhat, side, somewhat. Um, it was it was Warriors turn to shine. Um, for whatever reason, they didn't want double champions, so they had to drop the belt, um, the IC belt off uh, Warrior. But uh, you know why have a title versus title match if uh, you don't do that? But that's okay. Um, uh, and just. Oh, it was just so, so. I loved the entrance tarts that, you know, they all came down in the, the entrance tarts. And um, all except for Warrior, he, he ran down the damn thing. <laughs> he ran down the aisle. But uh, it had, I think it had, this was the, the first ever Mitch Tad match, if I'm not mistaken, was at this WrestleMania. It was uh, Sweet Sapphire. And Dusty Rhodes versus the Macho King and Sensational Sherry um, as well. So that was another good match. Uh, Demolition winning the tag titles. Andre turning on Heenan. You had... Um, man... Did they have? A, oh well, no, they didn't have it. I was going to say, did they have an intercontinental title match? Yeah, duh, it was the main event, <laughs> title for title. Um, but you also had Jake versus. Uh, oh, this was also the WrestleMania. Um, Piper versus Bad News Brown, and Piper, you know the the black and white. Uh, and then later it was uh, revealed that Piper had a hard time getting the uh, the black off of him, the black paint off of him uh, as he's trying to you know rub it off. So that was that was fun for him, I bet. Um, <laughs> but um, so yeah, definitely WrestleMania six is my second favorite WrestleMania of all time. You would think it would be my first because it was my first Mania, but. It just has a special place in my heart, you know, my childhood. That, it, it's what started to get me into wrestling. But there's only one WrestleMania to me that top to bottom, the card and everything was just outstanding. And that's number one, WrestleMania 17, 
Austin Rock. Austin heel turn. You had TLC 2, I believe. Yeah, TLC 2 with the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Trishan. You had Undertaker versus Triple H. You had the triple threat hardcore title match between Kane, Big Show, and Raven. And Raven almost uh, uh, running over the table that ran the whole damn show <laughs> with the golf cart. <laughs> um, and him going through like the uh, glass window and uh, um, just the whole, you had the Dimit Battle Royal, which was fun. Um, I think that was one of the last times you saw Bobby Heenan in a, in a, in a WWF ring too. Um, oh, how about you had Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon because this was just, it was the first WrestleMania since WWF bought WCW. And it was, it elevated the feud between the McMahons and you had father was a son. It, uh, just an incredible uh, pay-per-view. And in my, I mean, even the, even the promos on uh, Limp Bizkit My Way, just everything from the song to just the matches to the card just made this one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time. Um, nothing has come close yet. and. Um, I don't think anything will. So there you have it. That's the first over-the-top segment. Um, stay tuned because right now in a few minutes, we're going to get my wife in the studio and we're going to do her um, interview. So sit tight. That's coming right up. All right, guys, joining me now in the studio is our first guest here for the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast, my lovely wife, my tag team partner in life, uh, Jazz. Jazz, how's it going? Doing good. Hey, everyone. I'm Jazz Allen, the Happy Wrestling Fan Girl. Alrighty. So, two of the uh, questions I have to ask. Um, each of our guests that are on the show is first of all, when or how did you start res- uh, watching wrestling, and what are some of your earliest memories? Okay, the, the first one's a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as when I got into wrestling, I've pretty much been a fan my entire life. Um, my parents were fans. My dad was more of a fan. My mom was a little bit more of a casual fan. And the big thing. Um, my earliest memories were sitting on the couch um, watching WWE on the weekends with my dad and um, going to my first show when I was five. So that was like back in? I say starting back in 1987. Oh, so you started in 87, but you probably didn't. So you didn't go to your show. Wait. My first show was ninety one, but I've been pretty I've been pretty much watching it my entire life. I got you. So you were like one when you first started. Pretty much, I guess you could say that. Because <laughs> you said eighty seven, and that's yeah. Okay, well that's cool. 
Um, and then what about it? What about wrestling makes you happy? Definitely the fun factor that comes with being at a show, and and also watching it on TV every week. You get to see these really cool stories unfold. You're seeing these larger than life characters, and all in all, it's just a good time. Okay, who are your favorites growing up? Okay, my biggest favorite was the Ultimate Warrior. I did love Hulk Hogan back then at the same time, just like most other kids did. Yep. But... Has been acuted. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was little, Warrior was my guy. And to this day, my mom tells this hugely embarrassing story <laughs> of how... I lost it and started crying when the Ultimate Warrior had to drop the world, the WWE Championship. I believe that was back in '91. It was. It was the Royal Rumble '91, actually. Yeah, that was actually the first Rumble I had seen um, through storyline-wise. I, I had seen Royal Rumble '90 prior on VHS, um, but I remember seeing that like when it happened. Um, I don't know if we ordered the paper. It was probably on Charleston Video Dam, but it was like right when it happened. And, then... <laughs> and I remember being like really little, probably like four or five, and sitting on sitting on the couch with my dad watching every weekend. Be like, "Daddy, is that the good guy? <laughs> What's the bad guy doing? Why, why is he so mean?" <laughs> what about um, like who? Um, do you have other favorites growing up? Tag team wise, definitely the Rockers. Um, I did love the Heart Foundation, and of course the Road Warriors. Who didn't love the Road Warriors right. back in those days? Um, I did love Bret Hart. Uh, the Undertaker was just epic to me when I was little, and I think those were my main guys back then. But in as far as like WCW goes, hands down, Sting. Oh yeah. Um, well, since you are my wife and I know you more than you know the listeners that um, do, I'm surprised you haven't said uh, Von Erich. Yes, I did love the <laughs> tornado. The well, thing was. Um, <laughs> I did love Curious Assassin's Tornado. I didn't get to see him that long, though. Oh. Um, and when the Von Erichs and World Class Championship Wrestling were really at their height, um, that was a little bit before my time. That was uh, the early to mid-80s. Um, I got to see um, Gary compete on TV, but I didn't get to see, like, Kevin or Mike or Chris. Oh. Okay, hold on. I'm having technical. Okay. I didn't discover them until I was much older. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. And then um, that brings us to our um, who is like some of your who are you some of your current favorites? Right. Anyone who knows me from my social media <laughs> will be able to tell this one already. Number one is hands down Kota Ibushi. Yes. I do love Kenny Omega. The Golden Lovers are a very important part of my wrestling fandom. I do love my boys. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tanahashi, also in New Japan. 
as far as pro wrestling noah we got let's see my favorites over there are definitely Goshizaki and Kaito Kiyomiya. And I do love Katsuhiko Nakajima. We do love Waterhiko in this house. Uh, <laughs> let's see. For All Japan, without a doubt, my man Jake Lee. To this day, I am <laughs> waiting for him to unseat Suwama. Hopefully this year it happens. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do have a lot of respect for Suwama as, as a competitor. WWE, of course, Drew McIntyre, love my Scotsman. Hmm. AEW, of course, Kenny Omega. And I'm really growing to love Darby Allen. Um, AEW definitely has a great thing going on with him right now, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, we were actually there live, actually, when. Um... Sting made his yes. presence felt. That was that was I probably the coolest. Lost it when that happened. I mean, for not being a sold out crowd because it was during the pandemic, but it was it was probably like the loudest pop I've ever heard in a wrestling show in a while. When that happened, um, we 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 went nuts. So to see two of your fa- favorites, you know, your childhood favorite, and now your yeah. current favorite pair up, that's pretty uh, cool. I can't wait to see. What happens there? And trust me, it was worth freezing our tails off for. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of your um, speaking of pairing up, what do you think about this whole thing with uh, New Japan and AEW recently? What are some of your thoughts on that? I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, I was explaining earlier that um, if, and it's a huge if, Kota would have stepping into any AEW ring that we would both be rest in peace because we would <laughs> lose our minds. So. Definitely. <laughs> There's so much potential here with this working relationship that there's no telling what we can get. We could see God willing and Golden Lovers reunion. We could see crossover matches between AEW talent and New Japan talent. Um, one match that I would really love to see is actually Hiromu Takahashi and Darby Allen against each other. Ooh, okay. I was that I would was, be a barn burner and a half. I was actually thinking Sonata and Darby, but Hiromu's really Sonata. Weird. Yeah, I think you know Cold Stall and Darby Allen. They have a similar aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. So I was thinking that, um, but they, I liked your thinking too with Hiromu. But and, think of it. The, picture this. Darby and Best of the Super Juniors. Oof. Damn. My God. Okay. I'm, so, I'm sold. <laughs> Sign me up. Where, where did that happen? Um, <laughs> so then, um, and as you know, the uh, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view just um, happened a few weeks ago. Um, what are your thoughts on them? And like, do you have any uh, favorite Rumble memories yourself that you remember? I know probably your least favorite is when Warrior lost the title. But, oh, yeah. But no. Like... Um, as far as the, the Royal Rumble show itself, the Rockers versus the Orient Express in 1991. To this day, I still love that match. Um, in terms of this year's Rumble, probably one of the best moments was seeing Bianca get that win. Yeah. That was 
Epic, I've been waiting for my girl to do this for a minute, and she's there now. And then, um, oh, and Drew winning last year. We cannot forget Drew winning last year. No, yeah, definitely. Um, that was a big moment for you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, some of my favorite Rumble uh, memories, because I forgot to mention this earlier when I was talking about it, was um, I, I loved the uh, 2001 Rumble with Austin. I loved uh, the ones that Shawn Michaels won. Oh, yes. Um, as far as, like, matches go, because you straight up, list, you know, mentioned the match, which is – I. Honestly, I forgot about that match myself. I would have to go back to really? the Yeah. Because it was 91, and I don't remember. I did, Yeah. And one thing I just thought of, you know who's a great parallel to the Rockers? Who? The Bucks. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I see that. But, um, but then, uh, Silas, you... Oh yeah, so some of my favorite Rumble matches, um, like that, weren't the Rumble match was I love that. Um, didn't it was Shawn Michaels was Triple H and Last Man Standing, wasn't it? At one year, I believe so. That two thousand wait, that was a two thousand two match when he came back. You mean? No, no, it was two thousand. It wasn't two thousand two. Well, two thousand two, he came back at SummerSlam, so it couldn't have been then. Might have been two thousand three. Or. Or, I mean, either way, that was a great match. I'm not like Um, the Hardys versus Dudleys in the table match for Boy yes. Almost 2000 was good. That uh, that street fight between Cactus Jack and Triple H was good in two uh, in 2000. Um, Shawn Michaels retaining, no, not retaining, regaining the uh, heavyweight title. Um in 97 at the Alamo Dome when he returned was another uh, favorite one. Basically anything with Shawn Michaels I loved <laughs> uh, when it came to Vumbles. And uh, so alright, well, switching gears here, um, let's talk about some of your work with uh, wrestling me media because I know you do you like to drill up all trades. You, you know, I don't know <laughs> And I know I, you know, just for this interview, I know you had to be pulled away from your uh, current editorial work. <laughs> so um, thanks for taking the time to do this. But um, <laughs> what, how did you get started in wrestling media? Well, I started about three years ago, three years uh, this spring. I um, submitted a sample write up to WrestleZone.com. And I wound up interviewing with, doing an online uh, video chat interview with Nick Houseman, who was the executive editor at that time. This was before he left to uh, Wrestle Inc. Mm -hmm. And he read my work, loved it, um, submitted it, and then um, referred, I guess he showed it to Ross Berman. And then Ross and I wound up being paired together to work on New Japan Pro Wednesdays. And we did that for about two years until the pandemic started. And after that, I was just kind of um, working on ideas for 
my blog. And this past year, like right before WrestleJoy launched, I submitted uh, the same sample write-up that it, that got me into WrestleJoy. I mean, that got me into WrestleZone for them. And Andy loved it. And I wound up being invited to be a part of WrestleJoy. And it's been a lot of fun. And that's what you're doing currently? Yes. So, so did doing stuff like that inspire you to, um, to like, like you said, you have your own blood. Did that inspire you to uh, get into your, you know, uh, do your own blood? I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> do your own blood? Um, I kind of dabbled in editorial writing um, years before. Um, I think you'd even, back when um, we were both on MySpace, I think you actually commented on a thing that I wrote about the Von Erics. Oh, yeah, right. I remember that now. <laughs> I did that. And I I always wanted to do something along those lines. And then uh, around the time that I started with WrestleZone, I... I had this idea for a vlog, and I originally called it Pro Wrestling Girl Talk. Um, but later, that one, I wound up changing it to the Happy Wrestling Fan Girl, which is uh, my blog as you see it now on WordPress. And it's basically just showing my experiences as a fan, celebrating different things that I like about pro wrestling, and just me having a good time being a wrestling fan. <laughs> And then, um, are there any other uh, projects that you're currently working on? Right now, I do have a huge project that I'm right in the middle of. Um, I'm in the editing stages of it. I can't um, go into too much detail about it right now, but it does deal with the pro wrestling world. Um, Those details will come out soon enough once uh, we're copyrighted. And... Hmm. Everything is where I need it to be, but it will be coming soon. So be on the lookout. All right. And we'll definitely have you back on to promote said uh, undisclosed projects (laughs) to talk about it and uh, when you can, uh, for sure. So looking forward to that. Me too. Uh, um, We dodged. We done your happy wrestling fangirl uh, thing, which, by the way, the name of this pod again. I kind of got inspired by thanks <laughs> uh, to your blog name, but um, did that have a recent uh, upcoming uh, thing? Yes, it did. Happening. Um, I am about to launch my very own YouTube channel where I'll be doing um, different things from pro wrestling deep dives to um, video essays and just um, different things on my day-to-day experience as a wrestling fan and working in wrestling media and just celebrating wrestling in general. All right. I'm looking forward to that. So, um, I guess for now, the last question would be, what are your future goals for 
like all of this and what what's what's the end goal here well the end? biggest goal right now is um to become a content creator full-time and really build up my uh my writing career okay Alrighty. Well, I think um, I think that's about it for now. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me. Yep. And <laughs> um, once again, actually, where can people follow you and find you at? On Twitter, I can be found at uh, at Jazolin, PWGT. And we. I also have the Happy Wrestling Fangirl Facebook page. And on Instagram, I can be found at jazzowenbots. Alrighty. So there you go, guys. Give a follow, like, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel when it comes out. And um, until next time, uh, Jazz, thanks again. I will <laughs> see you in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thanks for being on. Anytime. Guys, stay tuned for all the great content I have coming up. And remember, the Happy Wrestling Fangirl channel is where the fun begins. And now it's time to close the show with our first three-count Q&A. The three-count Q&A is our second listener interaction uh, segment where we turn to you, the listeners, and we are looking for uh, questions. Any wrestling-related question you want to ask me, um, I will choose three different questions from three different listeners. And there's a reason why I'm emphasizing this, uh, and I'll just do it in a minute. But um, <laughs> uh, again, put the notice out less than 24 hours in advance. Um, when you have, when you're just starting off, that's probably not the best time to post about it. So to have more time, I will post it earlier next, for the next episode. But for now... Um, this actually works. <laughs> um, so, and I'm only going to bend the rules this once, this week just once, because, again, not too many people submitted questions. Um, but the one person who did and uh, is actually a friend of the show, friend of me, actually, longtime friend, um, 20 plus years. Um, but <laughs> he asked three questions, um, in one post. So either he was under the assumption that I would answer one person's three questions. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to ask him about it later. But uh, in this case, it actually works because I don't have any other questions to answer. So uh, 
this week's questions, um, plural, just for this week. But again, this is not how the format goes, but I'll make an exception. Uh, comes from my good friend, uh, Christopher Susick. And he asks, um, what about wrestling uh, do I like today? And um, that's, that was his first question. And my answer to that will be basically my answer as to what I liked about wrestling in general. It's, it's, I like that it's, um, I like the storytelling aspect of it. I like how it's an escape from reality. Um, you know, regardless of maybe, maybe not all the storylines are that great. Um, of course, this meaning somewhat towards WWE storylines. Um, but, I mean, some of the stuff is still uh, entertaining. And, I mean, a lot of the matches are still great to watch. Um, and uh, the, the, the big thing, though, for me is just, like, the escape. And uh, just watching something like, I know I couldn't, you know, do half the stuff that they've they, the 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 wrestlers do, you know, watching it, and um, I it just I guess being a lifelong fan, I've always just loved that aspect of it. Um, the second question he asked me is, if I were in charge, what would I change about it? Well, this one, and again. Uh, we're going to just mainly sit with the WWE answer because um, AEW's fine to me right now. Um, New Japan's always been fine to me. I guess if I were in charge, I would obviously make you know spotlight more of the younger talent you know um unless of course like i mentioned earlier um if i'm gonna you bring like legend legend yeah legendary guys or part-timers in um put them in a spot where they either like mentor or in the corner of um the younger talent not to steal the spotlight or anything, but they just, you know, they're there for the support. Uh, don't put the legends in like title matches. The exception though, again, being edge, even though he's considered a legend, he's still didn't leave on his own terms. And, um, and he wants to be there full time. Not like, um, you know, guys like Dolbert and stuff like that, or Cena and stuff. Um, so just, uh, and honestly, I'd make Rod 
drop that down to two hours because three hours is just ridiculous for a, a, a television show. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but I'll, I'll be honest. Um, if I'm working and I watch Raw when I come home from work, I fall asleep. Um, but I stay awake for a few things, but and then I record it so I can watch it again if I if I if I miss anything. But like, it's just too long for a wrestling show. Two hours is is um, a decent amount. Granted, back in the Monday Night Wars, I know Nitro used to be three hours, but um, but even then, I mean, it's just at least Nitro had more. Um, talent that they used um, every week. It wasn't like uh, the same guys over and over. I mean, it was and it wasn't. So I made the show two hours, <laughs> pushed the younger guys and gals, and just create new and more exciting storylines, I guess. And the last question he asked, um, how much, oh, uh, I believe, I mean, he, the way he worded it is kind of confusing, but I think he means what, um, how much uh, WWE do I watch weekly? So, like I've said, I do watch um, Raw. And I periodically have been watching SmackDown. Like I said, I just watched this last week's uh, episode because I know the, uh, the triple threat match was good. And I wanted to see Daniel Bryan versus uh, Cesaro. So I, I watched the Hulu version of it. Um, full disclosure, I'm actually recording this episode during uh, SmackDown. And I just remember that I didn't record it, so I'm probably going to have to watch that um, on Hulu tomorrow. But uh, as far as like weekly, um, like I said, there used to be a time when I would watch Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, no matter what, every week. Now, not so much. Um, and then there's all those other shows like 205 Live and and uh, Main Event. I don't even – no offense to the shows themselves. I'm sure they're great. I just I just don't have any interest in watching them. Um, and as much as I like NXT, um, I've only been – for NXT, I've been trying to keep up, but I only just watch like – the takeovers lately. Um, like I, I would watch it on, I would watch clips on YouTube of like the highlights from, and if it's like a really good match, I'll watch the episode on the network or, you know, but um, Wednesdays belong to AEW um, for me. So, um, like I said, uh, Sunday's takeover, I might watch, um, I'll watch it just to see it, but yeah, even NXT. So 
to answer the question, I guess not as much as I used to um, weekly um, for WWE. AEW, though, I never miss. Um, okay, that's a lie. Wednesdays, Dynamite, I never miss. Um, I don't watch all of the darks. Um, I, I I could, I should, it's easy, but you know, for whatever reason, I just, I just, uh, I don't. So, all right. Well, hope that answered your questions, Chris. Thank you for submitting them. Next time, just ask one, but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, uh, honestly, oh, thank you, um, guys for the suggestions. I appreciate it. And, um, looking forward to, um, hearing more questions from fans and listeners. Hopefully once, uh, I get a bit of following of this and we did the ball rolling. Now, the next episode is on February 27th, not the 26th. I just realized 26th is the Friday. 27th is a Saturday, and these come out on Saturday. I, along with my lovely wife, who you just heard, which, by the way, thank you again um, for being on and being the inaugural guest of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. But my wife and I will be partying it up in Las Vegas. So I decided instead of not having an episode, I'm going to still have an episode. But um, the main, and there's not going to be a guest uh, next episode, but we will have... I guess you didn't say. I guess you can call it a deep dive, but a personal deep dive into some of my favorite meet and greets um, as the main topic. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have met a lot of awesome uh, wrestlers throughout my life. Um, some pretty big names. So I'm going to just save those stories and names and everything for that episode. And I'm going to record that uh, early because um, I'll be, when I normally record, I will be, like I said, in Vegas. So I made sure I record that and get that uh, scheduled to publish on the 27th for you all to hear. Until next time, I must bid you all adieu, goodbye, and good night. Bane, that is not the outro. I'm just kidding. Um, speaking of outro, uh, so how this came about. Oh, fu- fun story about a uh, real, real quick uh, story about this outro. So. When I when this first song came when the song first came out, I was a kid, uh, and I have not, I had no idea who this singer was at the time. Fast forward to and this was like the what the mid nineties when they first played it, right? Mid to late nineties, right? So fast forward to, um, 
2000. Queen of the Rain 2000, to be exact. I first was introduced to this band called Trans-Siberian Orchestra because the their song from the Beethoven's Last Night album, uh, Requiem, was the King of the Ring theme, was one of the King of the Ring themes for that um, for that year. So after hearing the song, I bought the album and I listened to uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra and I just fell in love with the band. And a year later, my uh, a buddy of mine said, well, if you like Chance I'd be an order, so you'll love this band. And he introduced me to Sabotage on my 18th birthday. I got my first uh, Sabotage album. And it was like their latest album and their last album, actually. And long story short, the singer... One of the lead, the lead singer and one of the singers from Trans-Siberian Orchestra and the lead singer on Sabotage for those albums was um, none other than John Oliva. And he, I discovered as I grew up, I'm like, oh my God, the guy singing this song is John Oliva. So that's pretty cool, I thought. So that's why I chose it as my uh, outro song. I hope you enjoy it. And listen to me plug all where you can hear us and all that and follow us and all that. Until next time, this is Jeff Manalia signing off for the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And and remember, Ric Flair still has nine more championships than Tom Brady. Woo! Oh, my God, that was horrible. Good night, everybody. Fans, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HappyFanPod. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And be sure to subscribe and listen to us on various platforms that can all be found on the Anchor app. Until next time, I'm Jeff Manalia. John Oliva, take us out! Rock and roll is like fighting in the rain. We got together to do our thing.